You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Good morning, good morning. How is everybody doing? Do you love the presence of Jesus? <laughs> Feel his his delight in the room. Feels good. Just love it. Love worshiping with you guys. Thanks for being here today. Um, as you guys know, Tony is leaving for Pakistan this week. You're leaving tomorrow, right? Just leaving tomorrow. And um, this is dream come true um, for Tony and for this ministry, um, for what's going on in Pakistan, partnering with them. Such a, an honor and a privilege. And one of the greatest ways that we can partner with Tony is through our prayers. Um, and we want to just support him, bless him, um, partner with him in prayer this morning. So um, if you're on leadership team, would you come up? Um, we're going to lay hands on Tony, pray over him. We want our church family to just stand with us, and we're just going to corporately pray and bless Tony. So we're just going to kind of pass the mic around, pray for Tony. So if you want to just stretch your hands out, and let's pray for Tony like we would want our church family to pray for us when we're going into an area with the, that the church is persecuted, and um, let's extend our faith and partner our faith with his um, and kind of uh, spiritually hold his arms up in this, um, stepping into this call on his life. Jesus, we, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the flame of Tony's life, the flame of his life, the worship of his life, um, the, 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 the heartbeat to go. And we thank you that his feet carry the gospel of peace. We thank you that where he, he's going, he's carrying the true gospel of peace into Pakistan. He's carrying the prince of peace with him where he goes. And I thank you, Jesus, that as he, wherever he steps, as he steps, the light, the light of Jesus, who is the light of the world, goes out. And that people will be drawn to the light. I thank you that where he steps, God, that your power and your authority and that the prince, the king of peace, is, is going out with him in all chaos, in all fear, in all anger. And, and it has to be silenced and stopped at the name of Jesus when, when it's faced with the prince of peace. Thank you for the love that he's carrying. And I thank you for more, God. Thank you for peeling back the layers and the revelations of love so that he can have the capacity to carry more of who you are and be aware of what he's carrying. Yeah, we bless. I bless you. I bless what's on your life, Tony. I bless it in Jesus' name. And, and I ask God that the awareness, that Tony's awareness 
of what he's carrying would increase now in Jesus' name. I thank you for signs, wonders, and miracles like never before, God, that he's going to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Lord, we thank you that the, the dreams and the things of his heart are coming to pass as he steps into this new season of more in Jesus' name. We thank you that revival fire, people waking up to who they are and to who you are is coming as we enter into Pakistan as a ministry through Tony's life. I thank you that that we get to be participators of what the underground church is experiencing, God, that we get to be participators, and it's an honor and a privilege for the overflow of the fire, the revival fire that's happening in Pakistan. We thank you that you've called us to shepherd it, Jesus, that you've called Tony to shepherd revival fires in the Middle East. We thank you that it's catching fire. It's catching fire wherever they go, that the Taliban's going to be impacted by the this, the mark that you're leaving on Pakistan, Jesus, that the Pauls are being, that the Sauls are being turned into Pauls through this ministry, God. We thank you for your, your move and your power and your love encountering people so that they can know you, Jesus. Thanks for provision. Thanks for provision and perspective in supernatural energy and strength in Jesus' name. Amen. We bless you. We love you. I think it's funny when they pray for me like that and then I, I get to preach. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. It's uh, such a privilege and honor to be able to serve with, with Donish and Anita and, and Grace Network, their team there, Rahil and his family, and just all the guys that, and the ladies that make this possible for us to go over there, because without, without relationship, things don't get done in the kingdom. You know, it's, it's all happens through relationship, and honestly, it's all about relationship. And when we uh, finally, you know, when, when I, uh, I don't know how many years ago, finally got, grabbed a hold of that, that it was really about relationship and not about ministry, things started to really Heart connections honestly started to go really deep, and, and then ministry started to be really rich, and it wasn't just superficial and surface-level stuff, because when, when relationships are based on ministry things, they're just superficial, and um, it's, where it's easy to break agreement with somebody that you have a relationship with just over ministry. But when you have a relationship, when you're focused just on the relationship, and, and ministry happens organically out of those relationships, then the relationship won't be on the table. Uh, then when you deal with things, because we all do, we all have disagreements. When you have disagreements, then it won't be, uh, it won't be so easy to walk away, and actually you won't even have that desire to part ways. And so these guys in, in Pakistan, that's what they're all about. I remember Donish saying that's the first thing he mentioned to me is he said it's all, it's all about relationship. You have, full, you have everything. If I can give you anything, my life, my resources, anything. I'm completely open to you, and I'm like, wow, that's some, that's what you're looking for in people. So <clears throat> going over here this time is, is going to be uh, even better than last time because God only goes from glory to glory, so it's only going to be increase. <laughs> and we're getting to meet, um, and I, I told you this w last week, but the first day uh, that we will be there on Wednesday because it's, uh, it's essentially two days worth of travel with the time change. And we'll get to meet with Muslim, uh, Sikh, and Hindu leaders. 
and we're only, uh, you can count on one hand, less than one hand, how many uh, Caucasian <laughs> men have been in a room with, with guys like these. And so God's up to something big, right? I didn't make this happen. I didn't have anything to do with it. And even, and even we, and even there's, yeah, there's other, another particular gentleman, we'll talk about it after the trip, that's supposed to be there. It's uh, from the UAE. It's just mind-boggling what God's doing. So, yeah, uh, so we are excited. Thanks for your prayers, your guys' support. I mean, without you guys, we couldn't do this stuff. We, we need each other to, to do this. We're all going together. We're all a part of this. Um, so, yeah, I'm super, super pumped about it. So thanks for your prayers for Lindsay and our family while, while I'm away, too, because you know she's, she's as much real part of this as anybody else is. Um, and um, so these are the longest times we've been apart in our almost 12 years of marriage will be these, like these last three, this will be the third 10-day trip that I've taken. All my other trips are relatively short intentionally. So, but uh, I told her last night that absence is supposed to make the heart grow fonder. <laughs> right? <laughs> I hope it works again. <laughs> so I'm going to actually wrap up our Healing and Miracles conference this morning. We'll, this will be a carryover, and so what I'll, my subject matter will be uh, healing and miracles today and the fact that, that every one of us were created to walk in these things. These are for all of us. It's in your DNA. It's part of who you are. It's your born-again new nature. It, it, it is, it, it is your, your part of your identity is to be a, a miracle worker. <sighs> You're one with him, and so it's just the only way that I can the only way that I can not end up being that is if I, um, if I get disappointed to the point that it actually turns me away from this type of ministry or I have bad teaching by good people that teaches me out of you know, my opportunity to be able to change the world around me through the love and power of the Father. It's one of the most exciting things to do in life. You know, when I first became a Christian, I thought that Jesus just wanted to, he was just going to be a big bummer, really, you know, I wasn't going to be able to do all, I had a list of things I wasn't going to be able to do anymore, <laughs> like, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that, can't do that, and then I found out I wasn't, I wasn't made to do them, and, and I didn't even want to after I found out who I was, and, and then we began to see people delivered and healed and get to operate in the prophetic and and know things that are impossible for you to know so that you can connect people to the heart of the Father. And I'm like, this is way more fun than I was having. <laughs> I'm like, this is the best thing ever. Like, I can get inebriated by the love of the Father in a moment. And it didn't cost me a dime, didn't give me a hangover. No guilt, no shame. <laughs> I'm like, this is the best. <laughs> this is what I've been looking for. Everything else was just a sad replacement. Um, pseudo, <laughs> everything else was fake, false, fictitious compared to the Holy Spirit, honestly. And so we all have the Holy Spirit, and so we all are qualified to do this. And you can try to make excuses like I did and say, well, you know, I don't, 
didn't come from the right background, don't know enough, don't have the right education, don't have the right pedigree, don't have all these things, and, all, and Jesus will, will, will make all of your excuses worthless uh, through his life and his example in things like saying um, that if you believe on me, the works that I do, you'll do also, but even greater works than these because I go to the Father. It's all-inclusive. Like it's, a, <laughs> it's better than that resort, I'm telling you that. It's, it's all-inclusive. Like it, Everybody's involved in that. He says anybody that believes. But it's not for the faint of heart. I realize that. I realize the disappointments. I, I realize the doubts. I realize the challenges. I realize all the things that come with it. But when it's done in the context of family and not as a lone ranger, then we have people around us that actually encourage us and empower us and come alongside of us and say, I've experienced that, and this is how. I'll give you practical steps to how I actually overcome the disappointment. I overcome the doubts. I overcome the challenges and the things that you're facing. And, and then we're able to walk together as one, and it actually increases. See, some people don't, don't quite understand at times, the value of, of submitting in, in a family, in a kingdom family that's healthy. Because you hear the word submit and you think, I don't want anything to do with it. Because somebody's abused authority over you, somebody's misused it, whether it's a, a parent or a coach or a boss or a pastor, whoever it is, somebody has, has used authority to control you and then you think, well, I, you said submit, I don't, I'm, I'm out right there. It triggered me, I'm gone, Right? not realizing that it's actually when I allow that hurt to be healed in me that it is part of my new nature to, to actually submit and surrender because it was part of Jesus's, right? We see it in, in Philippians 2, describes it, Paul describes it very well to the church at Philippi, and he says, you know, he talks about Jesus, how he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Like a thief's death, you know, like something that he didn't deserve. He became obedient. That word obedient, it, what it's saying is, is he submitted and surrendered. That's why he said in, in John 5, he said, I, I only do what I see the Father do. He's saying, I am actually so submitted to him that every, every step, every move that I make, everything that I do, I'm looking to him to see what's happening. It's part of our nature. And when, we, when we're able to get past that and realize that submission to actually means empowerment for, is that when I submit to then it actually should empower me because when I submit to leadership, they, it, it's for them to actually be able to serve me well. It's not for them to lord over me. It's for my benefit. It's not to control me. All right? Religion will try to, the spirit of religion will try to get me to a place to where I believe I don't have to submit anymore. I don't have to be inside of a family context anymore, inside of a, chur inside of a church. I can do this thing with just me and Jesus because the spirit of religion, the devil knows how valuable it is to be inside of a family. That some wounds are only healed in the context of family because God made the body to heal the body.
And then, see, what happens is that when I get hit, hurt by the spirit of religion, which I, I've been there, right? But I'm not going to let it victimize me and, be, and di dictate my destiny. Come on. <laughs> We've come too far to let some devil uh, dictate what it's gonna, my, how my future is going to turn out. <laughs> I am not letting that go down. He saved my life for way more than that. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Jesus will have none of it. But when the spirit of religion, it intentionally comes to hurt people so that it can get them outside of community, outside of family, and then what happens is, is that there's another spirit that comes in on the backside of that, which is called the spirit of rebellion. And that spirit of rebellion is what we lean towards when the spirit of religion hurts us, and it says, then I don't have to do anything. And you're absolutely right, you don't. <laughs> Jesus will never make you do anything. The choice is yours. Well, what, what, what will I do? I had that same choice. Hurt by religion. Rebellion seems like a, it's, it's, it's tempting me to say I don't have to be in the context of family. I don't have to do all this stuff. And then, thankfully, I had been taught well enough that it, I knew that a part of my new nature came alive in me and says, I, I, I not only want to, but I know I need to. Submit to healthy, healthy leaders, healthy spiritual mothers and fathers in the context of family. And what it did for me, when, because I operate outside of that place and I've operated inside and I've only watched increase upon my life. I've watched it benefit my life and my family by doing that thing that I thought wasn't for me. And that's, that's the lie that gets reinforced by the devil. You don't need them. You don't have to be around them. You can do your own thing. Just you and Jesus. You're okay. Because if he can't get you, like he, he's not going to get you unsaved, right? <laughs> he's not going to get you unsaved. Now, I know that that has happened. I know some people have, that's few and far between, a very small percentage of people that renounce Christ and, and turn their back on him. I know I've seen that. I've had those conversations with people. But for the most part, he will, get, he will lie to people to get them outside of the context of, of family to do things by themselves. And then what happens is it causes us to actually level off. And I choose at which level I will operate at for the rest of my life. I don't have any of this stuff in my notes. I don't know. I don't, we're just going to go with it. <laughs> It must be. It must be important. <laughs> so Jesus models what it looks like for us to actually submit and surrender my life. <laughs> you know, that's why Proverbs says that the rod of correction will drive rebellion out of the heart of a child. It's not encouraging you to beat your children with rods. <laughs> it is encouraging you to correct them. Because me letting them do what I want only reinforces that rebellion's okay. <laughs> because kids' brains aren't even fully developed, like until they're 25 almost. You know what I mean? Like you're, like you, you need, especially in their younger years, they need, they need guidance. They need boundaries. They need help. All right? They need truth. They need somebody that loves them enough to tell them the truth. I love you enough to tell you the truth. All my friends know that, and all my friends do that to me. 
You want friends in your life that, will, that love you enough to tell you the truth. Because a friend will stab you in the front. <laughs> you know what your enemy will do, all right? Lie to your face and stab you in the back. Your friends love you enough to actually tell you the truth. When you get inside the context of healthy family, it actually helps, uh, it helps that rebellion thing get broken off of my life, begins to change the way that I think when I get in a place that actually will focus on, there's lots of places throughout the world, this is just one, one of so, so many, that will focus on, on healthy kingdom thinking and believing like Jesus, not just believing in Jesus. And it adds so much value to my life, and not just my life, but my life is living for generations. One of the greatest inheritances I will ever pass on is my beliefs. It will not be your money. <laughs> it's nice to set your kids up, but if they don't have good beliefs, that money won't do them a whole lot of good anyway. <laughs> They're just going, it's, it's just likely that it would be perpetual uh, passing on of, of beliefs that aren't that aren't kingdom. And see why it's so important that I've, I actually change the way that I think. Jesus modeled what it looks like to have proper perspective. And then through having proper perspective, which is the Father's perspective ultimately, because he surrendered his life to him, modeled what it looks like to be fully surrendered. Because he had that perspective, he was able to see each and every situation and each and every person the exact way that he was supposed to, through eyes of compassion. Through eyes of compassion, through a mindset of mercy, realizing that, as James 2 says, that mercy triumphs over judgment. And that Jesus brought about a new day for us, a new opportunity. I'm so sorry if you've been hurt by religion or you've been hurt by, you know, and, and submit's become a dirty word to you. It's not supposed to be, right? Leadership is created to serve. I, I, you see me up front, and sometimes in the American church, what we'll do, because we live in a rock star, movie star culture in America, right? That's why people that are out in front of people entertaining, whether it's in sports or whatever, you know, your greatest sports team is just an entertainment. <laughs> it will have no, I love sports as much as the next person, but you know, none of that stuff has any eternal value. <laughs> it will mean nothing on the, on the other side of heaven. Oh, and I love it. You know, I really enjoy a lot of different sports. <laughs> well, but, but that's in, in that rock star entertainer culture, we will elevate even people in the church higher than they're supposed to be. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we dishonor people, which means that I don't count them as valuable. I honor everybody. And some people actually get more honor than others. And by me honoring others more so according to their position, it will actually benefit my life. It's not to benefit theirs. <laughs> when I honor you, it adds the correct value to, to you, but it also sets me up to receive impartation from you. Because I can get something through you. I can get inheritance through you that took you 20 years to get, and I can get it in five minutes through honoring you. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I like that benefit. I, I believe that a lot of what I walk in today is through that very principle. 
just a couple years old in Jesus that people asked me, said, how in the world do you know that? I said, I have no idea. <laughs> never studied it, never read it. Nobody ever told it to me. I don't know. It's just God. Like, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I can't take any credit for any of it. I'm not saying I haven't studied and went to school and done all that stuff since. But all the stuff that God has ever given me has superseded everything that I've ever did, you know, according to trying to add value to what God has me doing. And so we elevate sometimes the people that are the very people that are in the position that I get to be in that actually are supposed to be the foundation, that lay their lives down so that they can empower us and see us go further faster than they ever could. That's what, that's what healthy mothers and fathers desire. See you go further, faster than you ever, you ever could by yourself. And that is just one of the, of the many values of being in the context of community. I'm not promoting this because I desire to have more people come into the building. I desire more people to come into everything that, that the Father always dreamed them to be, dreamed for them to be. see people empowered to actually go further faster than I ever could. That's what I care about. Because <laughs> you know what? When we get on the other side of heaven, there will not be one pastor that's asked, how big was your church? <laughs> Even though that's the first question that most Christians ask me when they find out what I do. How many people do you have? What's it matter? <laughs> I never say that. Oftentimes, I'll begin to tell them what's happening versus how many. And we saw a young lady <laughs> painting her back all of her life, healed last night. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start sharing the testimony of the goodness of God. And releasing the presence and seeing how pack impactful it is when I just begin to, to focus on what God is doing. Versus trying to keep track of, of all the things. <laughs> it's not me measuring is is not, is not really a kingdom value. You know, Paul said we don't compare ourselves by ourselves. It's unwise. For one one real good reason is if you ever, ever compared yourself to somebody else, and you have almost every time not measured up, <laughs> right? <laughs> because you're comparing yourself because of insecurity. Because and you, you, and you honestly, in your heart, you'll know that you're not going to measure up, but you're doing it anyway, because you feel like you just don't have any control other than to do it, right? I can't tell you how many times I've done it. I'm like, why am I doing this again? <laughs> I will not leave this moment hope-filled. <laughs> and if you compare yourself to somebody that you know you measure up not just Two, but past, I mean, then you just feel bad when it's over, right? <laughs> you feel guilty. It's like, I know I can articulate the gospel better than that five-year-old. <clears throat> I've honestly seen some kids that were better at it. Than, I'm like, explain it in a more simple way than I did. That's probably better. <laughs> So let me, um, <laughs> I'll give you some scripture already, but um, 
I know I haven't read anything. <laughs> let me read. Let me read Mark chapter 2, verses 21 and 22 out of the New King James Version. And just briefly want to touch on one story I will, I will paraphrase and not read it to you for time's sake, which is going to be out of Mark chapter 9. I'll give you the, the address here in a minute so that you can reference it later. But I want to take this one, one story in this, in this same vein of, of changing the way we think. And, and I really feel like God is doing something in the sense of bringing, bringing the church, the bride. His, remember, the church is his bride. That's why I don't, I, I make it a habit of not talking bad about her. Because I'd never take too kindly to somebody talking bad about Lindsay. <laughs> so I remember and check myself anytime there's a temptation to talk bad about the bride of Christ, which is the church. Think, eh, probably not a good idea. Holy Spirit told me one time, how would you feel if somebody was talking bad about your wife? I thought, oh boy. That hurts good. <laughs> Let me exercise my right to shut up. <laughs> it's a powerful, powerful thing. Even a fool is counted wise when he keeps his mouth closed. It's just what the Bible says. <laughs> I've found out that's one of the most powerful weapons I have sometimes. If you're married, you know what I'm talking about. Just be quiet. It's good. <laughs> it's good for you. <clears throat> Mark chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. Yeah, I feel, I feel like God is, is, is bringing the bride back into the place of realizing that, that surrender is actually part of our new nature. And through that, He is going to elevate or escalate this miracle working ministry that we get to be a part of with the Holy Spirit in profound ways that generations before us have never seen before. And they've seen profound things before us, right? Things that we haven't seen. I feel like he's bringing us into this place and it's, a, it's, it's not about the one with the mic. It's about the whole family. You know, years ago, John Wimber in the 80s said that. He, he coined this phrase, everybody gets to play. He, he started the vineyard movement, and everybody gets to play means that nobody's on the sidelines in Christianity, that everybody gets to be a part of what God's doing. It's the way it was always meant to be. It got rearranged at different times throughout history and a little bit off balance, but God's bringing us and has been bringing us back for some decades into balance, the way that we're supposed to be, and the way that balance is a kingdom thing, <clears throat> not like a little bit of Jesus here and then your life here type of balance but uh, a balance that makes Jesus the center of everything so that we can begin to really, really transform uh, society around us in ways that he desires for it to be transformed. Because this whole thing was never meant to, to be a church movement. It was always meant to be a worldwide uh, cultural transformation power that came from the cross through generations that brought the earth into everything that the Father always dreamed it would be. And his desire and his dream for every city, every country, every nation will come to fruition. <laughs> and we get to be a part of it. How good is that? <laughs> it's going to happen. There's not a government or a darkness or anything else in the world that can stop it. 
It's the unstoppable force. It's the kingdom. Kingdom of heaven. So Mark 21 I'm sorry, Mark chapter 2, verse 21 says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, or else the new piece pulls away from the old and the tear is made worse. No one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine bursts the wineskins. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined, but the new wine must be put into new wineskins. Jesus is telling them this because he's talking about new covenant principles and he's saying that these new covenant principles you can't put in an old covenant mindset. Because we're we're going to, he's he's talking about post-cross, he's talking about the backside of the cross. He's saying you can't put these new principles that I'm giving you in, in this legalistic in this legalistic mindset that, of which is the old covenant where man made these laws and contained God in this religious box because he didn't fit in. He wasn't actually even in there. <laughs> it was just religion masquerading as God. <laughs> and so he's like, it doesn't, it doesn't fit in there. So this new wine of the, the new covenant has to go in a new covenant mindset. Or what I like to say is that new wine only goes into new minds. Otherwise, it's actually going to do more damage then it would good because if you put wine in a wine skin and it bursts, well, what's it do? It just wastes the wine, yeah. right? And God's not wasteful, though He is extravagant. <laughs> some might call some of the things He does waste, but He doesn't. But when it comes to actually pouring out new wine, He desires for us to be able to have a new covenant paradigm for that new wine to go into. And I believe this is what happens: is He waits for the container. He waits for the container to be right so that he can pour out more of the new wine into the mind so that it can be transformed in an expedited process, right? And, the, and I think this is, this is what I believe a new, a new covenant mind is, essentially, or the, the proper container. It's the desire and the intentionality to transform my mind according to his promises and his truth. It's simple. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying he's waiting for you to get to a certain place to begin to pour out to you because we've all seen us, all of us have seen God do miraculous, amazing things through our lives when we were messed up still. Jacked up, hurt, dysfunctional, addicted, like, come on, <laughs> just be real. We've all watched God do stuff through our lives and you look back and you're like, man, I was a mess. <laughs> you may still feel a little bit messy. That's okay. He's not scared of it, nor are we. <laughs> and so he's just, just the desire to actually say, okay, the transformation of my mind is pivotal to me actually being able to have God pour more of the new wine of the new covenant into my mind. It's not that I don't have some in there, but he's not going to put so much in there that it is going to cause the, it's going to cause waste. And the preparation and the intentionality is up to me. The preparation and the intentionality is up to me. And the timing is, is up to him. And so this is what Jesus in Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 29, I am not going to read it, but I've given you the address like I said. Jesus is coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration where he literally transfigured, ha has a, a conversation, I believe this is the one with Moses and Elijah, and, uh, 
And the disciples actually see Moses and Elijah like this wasn't anything you needed spiritual eyes for. They actually saw them, and both of these guys, you know, have gone on to be with Jesus. And uh, so they see this crazy, miraculous event take place, and then they hear God's audible voice say, hey, this is my son, listen to him. Uh, If you haven't gotten it already, (laughs) let me remind you. And uh, Peter doesn't know what to say, and he's evidently an external processor, and so he begins to say things like, "God, you know, Jesus, hey, we should probably build a temple, some kind of shrine thing here for the three of you." <laughs> Jesus kind of sidesteps that question, and so they're coming down from that that moment, and there's other disciples because Peter, James, and John were the only ones that were up there. Tells you about inner circle. Not everybody goes in the inner circle of, of your life, and that's okay. So Jesus has an inner circle of three, and he takes them up to experience these moments with him. And then when he comes down off the mountain, the people are flocking to him, and he's trying to find out what's going on because there's a lot of commotion, and, and this father of the child that is epileptic but actually is demonically possessed, uh, that the, when the spirit seizes him, it will throw him into the water, into the fire, and so it's controlling his life. And the father says, hey, look, I brought my kid to your disciples, and they couldn't do anything with him. And Jesus makes this comment that seems really abrasive, right? He's like, how long am I going to have to be with you unbelieving, this unbelieving generation? <clears throat> Some translations say faithless. But it means unbelieving. So immediately what Jesus addresses is he addresses their beliefs. He doesn't address a lack of power. Right? He doesn't address their prayer model. (laughs) Did you say this? Were you holding your mouth right when you prayed? Did you have your hand on their head? Did you use these and thous? (laughs) Did you quote scripture? Did you say it right? Did you leave this out? Did you put this in? He doesn't address any of the things that sometimes we get hung up on. That the longer you're in this, you realize that none of them really matter that much. (laughs) What really matters is what I believe. (laughs) And so Jesus addresses their beliefs. And then the kid gets thrown down basically right there by him, by the Spirit, because the Spirit recognizes Jesus and And Jesus turns to the Father because he's not reactionary to the devil. Looks insensitive in a moment, doesn't it? Because he turns to the Father and he actually says, how long has this been happening to him? But Jesus is never reactionary to the devil, but responds to heaven. We weren't created to be reactionary to the devil, but actually respond to the Father. It's easy to think something looks like compassion to actually turn in a moment and react to what the devil is doing. And Jesus shows us that it's not. Something that appears like compassion. It's something that translates compassion according to the world, but not according to heaven. So he turns to the Father and begins to ask him, how long has this been happening? He starts the interview process. Well, it's not real long. And then Jesus... Gets the kid free, all right? Jesus gets him free. And then the disciples have the million-dollar question after it's over. (laughs) Why couldn't we do it, right? 
they had seen miracles happen. They had seen miracles happen through their hands. They had seen demons cast out through their hands. They had seen things happen through their own personal ministries that Jesus had sent them out to do, had empowered them to do, encouraged them to do, said they could do. But then this one situation comes and is like, why couldn't we do it? And he says this one sentence that has baffled me for years. And in different translations, it says it differently. But in the New King James, it says this, time, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. In some translations, it completely omits and fasting. The NSB doesn't say and fasting. The NLT doesn't say and fasting. <clears throat> so, I'll take it from both angles. Because this kind only comes out by prayer. They were praying for him. Like, that didn't answer the question. Like, this kind only comes out by prayer. Like, well, Jesus, we were praying, so evidently we're not doing it right. And immediately it would cause you to think, I didn't actually perform in the way that I was supposed to. I must have done something wrong. But Jesus doesn't focus on behavior, but focus on beliefs, because beliefs change behavior. And so I like the one that says this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. Because years ago, I thought that fasting, actually what it did is it would, it would twist God's arm to do something that I wanted him to do because I was starving myself. <laughs> God's going to feel sorry for me because I haven't ate a cheeseburger in three days. I'm dying here. Like, could you please answer my prayers? Right? And I thought that it twisted the arm of Almighty God. Because little old me was starving. <laughs> because that's, I mean, that's just, that's just what I believed. I mean, God worked with my level of belief. You know, he did. And I believe that my years of fasting like that were not in vain. Because every time I became more sensitive to hearing the voice of God, every time I encountered God in new ways, every time I, I saw visions clearer and more frequently, every time I began to get upgrades and and, and different things in the miraculous. But the most important thing I wasn't getting an upgrade in, and that was my beliefs. Because I could do the stuff and see results, but my beliefs still weren't very healthy. And so I found out years later that actually what fasting was supposed to do is that it was denying the natural to invoke the supernatural for me personally so that I could begin to become more sensitive to what God was already doing, what God was already wanting to say to me, and ultimately so that my mind could be set up as a container to be able to hold the new wine so that I would begin to believe like him, not just believe in him. And that those times of fasting that I was setting myself aside to spend more time and focus more intentionally on him actually should have been resulting in more refinement for my life. And my beliefs that were bad should have been coming to the surface so that I could recognize which were lies and which were not. And that those lies could be replaced with the truth of God and my mind could be transformed so therefore I would be transformed more into his image. And ultimately, so that I would, the result would be me being more loving and more compassionate. If I come out of a fast now and I'm not more loving and more compassionate, to me, it, it, I probably shouldn't have fasted. 
because there was no transformation. I'm just telling you what I believe. You don't have to believe like that. I'm just telling you that, that I should come out more loving and more compassionate because when I fast and set myself aside, it should actually transform me more into his image because my beliefs should be being renewed. Being renewed in the spirit of your mind, as it says in Ephesians 4, 23, 24, 23, 24, both of them. So it says also there in Ephesians, it says, don't be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but actually be filled with the Spirit. He's giving you a clue there. <laughs> that there can be intoxication comes with the Spirit of God. He's like, hey, you don't have to do it this way. <laughs> Let me show you a more excellent way. <laughs> and so he, he's, he's all the time, this is what I see him doing in, in this season of of our lives and my life and as he was doing with the disciples he he's pointing us to as he was pointing them to I want to upgrade your beliefs the prayer and fasting should upgrade what you believe he's pointing the disciples to something that would actually cause them to believe better not something that would cause them to work harder because working harder I can guarantee that they, they worked real hard to make that demon leave that little boy and saw no results, all right? If it was me there, I remember the first time I was trying to cast a, a demon out of a dude that was seriously demon-possessed, you know, eyes roll back in your head, demon talk to you through their mouth type of thing, like real movie stuff. I remember, I remember we, were praying, we were praying stuff. I'm, I'm confident it wasn't even scriptural. Like, <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Well, you almost result, I was only a couple of years old, and Jesus, you almost result to bad behavior. You know, you're like, maybe we can beat this demon out of him. I don't, <laughs> choke him out. <laughs> Come out. <laughs> the demon mocked us, laughed at us, made fun of us. It was a horrible, life-changing experience. <laughs> I learned a lot from that. And I learned it wasn't about how hard I tried. I learned about it, it was how... How well I believed in a moment. And he upgraded my beliefs through experiences like that, and he continues to. As he was pointing the disciples towards, I believe he's pointing us towards the same thing. And I believe that this is the question that he's asking us today is, what's my attitude towards sickness and disease? What's my, what's my attitude towards, towards sickness and disease, torment, Anything that opposes divine health, divine's perfect. I believe that's what Jesus paid for. Spirit, soul, and body, divine, health, perfect. Perfect soundness of mind, perfect soundness of emotions. When you get saved, your spirit becomes perfect anyway. But also perfection in, in the sense of soundness of body. I haven't attained to it yet, but I'm not going to quit going after it. Because I believe that's what the Bible says, and I continue to let the Bible trump my experience. It's what I need to do. It's what I get to do. For me personally, it's what I have to do. Not in the sense of anybody else is asking me to. It just feels like the right thing. So what's my attitude towards all of those things that oppose divine health? If I have anything that doesn't look like the mindset of Jesus, which is compassion, First and foremost, we watch Jesus moved by compassion. 
And his desire was wholeness for every single person. His desire was to see every one of them whole. And I can take you through the scriptures that show you the word sozo, as Joe talked about on Friday night. It means to be whole. John chapter 3, verse 17 talks about that, a little less famous verse than John 3, 16. The Son of God didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to, that the world through him might be saved, sozoed, whole. He desires for the whole world to be whole, and so that's to be that's actually a, a new nature desire that I have that sometimes is buried under bad beliefs or bad experiences or bad teaching. Whatever it is, God can overcome all of it. <laughs> He's done it with me, and he continues to. And so he wants to put new wine in our new mindsets today. And if there's anything in my thinking, I believe that the Holy Spirit will bring it to the surface that opposes perfect wholeness in people. And that I was made for it. I was made to participate with the Holy Spirit in this type of, of ministry. It's actually, I, I don't even like to word, use, use the word ministry. It's just this life, right? It's just, this is just, this is life. This is normal. Like, you do ministry? I'm like, this feels like normal life to me. I don't know. <laughs> it's a whole lot more fun than a job, I'll tell you that. Unless it's a job that you love. Then that's fun. Hopefully you're finding that out in your life. And as they say, you'll never work a day in your life if you find something you love to do. And while you're loving to do it, make money at it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, right? Makes money to advance the kingdom. So, are there beliefs in my mind that oppose Oppose this, because when I begin to focus on that, and I'll, I'll close with this, and then we're going to give words of knowledge and pray for physical healing for people and miracles that you need. But when my mind actually be, is transformed through this, and I, I begin to have the same attitude or same mindset towards sickness and disease and everything that opposes perfect soundness of, of mind, body, and soul, the same mindset that Jesus had, what it does is it bursts actually more compassion in me and it helps me to operate out of the authority that Jesus desires for me to walk in. He desires for all of us to walk in authority because it's the one thing the enemy does not have access to any authority and it is the one thing that will help us, one of the things that will help us transform culture according to kingdom standards. And love and authority go hand in hand. They're supposed to be married together. Sometimes when you can think authority, you think boss, right? You think somebody that's in charge. But when you think at it from a kingdom perspective, you think love. You think compassion. And you think because of that, everything that comes up against you that opposes Jesus will bow. Regardless of what it is. Because you walk in the authority that comes from, from real love, which is from the Father. And so this is what we're, we're going to do. If you <laughs> I have so many things I want to do and see what I should do. <laughs> to be in an amusement park and not know which ride to get on. <laughs> Actually, at this point in time in my life, it's none. <laughs> I'll go over here and shoot baskets or something. <laughs> Buy your kids tickets to ride something. I don't know. <laughs> me on there making me sick. <laughs> Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, 
So let's, let's stand, stand real quick. I have the leadership team go ahead and, and come up that are the people that I asked for to give words of knowledge. So first, what we're going to do is we're going to, um, if you'll bear with us for a few minutes, we're going to pray for, for everybody that, that you've found anything in your, as I was talking, anything in your thinking that opposes the attitude of Jesus towards the things I talked about. And I believe that this is one of those moments where we're going to get an opportunity for our thinking to be transformed and be, begin to believe different so that he can begin to pour out more, more new wine into these into these new minds that he's given us. As it says at the, be- at the end of 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 2, is that we've been given the mind of Christ. Come on, we have it. We don't just have access to it, we have it. And so Jesus wants us to, to think with it, see through it, right? Through the eyes that it gives us to see. So Father, thank you so much for the way that you are transforming us, the way that we can look back over the course of the time that we've been Christians and you have, you have transformed our minds and you are transforming them. So if there's anything left that's standing in the way of the same attitude Jesus you had while you were on planet earth towards sickness and disease and bondage and torment, We pray right now that you would come, Holy Spirit, that you would uproot that belief or beliefs and that the truth, the person of truth and the truth would come and replace with proper beliefs so that we will, what will be birthed in us is compassion and love in profound ways. That we would begin to experience what it is to have new wine in our new minds new covenant mindset, new covenant perspective. Thank you for a shift in our thinking right now to be able to see things the way that you still do, Jesus, from your perspective, to see people ultimately the way that you see them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. we just break agreement right now. If you need to do this, if you've had bad teaching that opposes this and you know it, we just, just say this after me. In the name of Jesus, I break agreements with bad teaching. And I come into agreements with kingdom theology. <laughs> yes, thank you, Father. Thank you so much. And I want you to make this declaration before we give words of knowledge. <clears throat> Healing is easy. <clears throat> Miracles are easy easy. because the Father wants to do them them. more than I want Him to. to. I was created created to effortlessly walk walk in the miraculous. miraculous. It's my new nature. It's It's part of who I am. am. And And today, through deeper revelation... I will walk more fully than ever before in this. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Father. You're so good. So good. So good. So good. I bless what you're doing. 
Thank you for coming to heal in this moment. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to have you guys sit down real quick. Still got a little bit of time. We're going to rattle off these words of knowledge. We won't take a lot of time to explain them. Um, do you have, you have, why you pulled that out of your pocket? I'm like, where did he get that mic from? I had a holstered. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. So I have a couple. Um, one is pain in the shoulder, like around the shoulder blade. If you have it, just raise your hand, and we'll have you stand at the end. Shoulder pain? Okay. Whoa. Yeah. It's like Bingo. six or seven. Yeah. And then also um, stuffiness in the ears. I don't know if it's allergy or what, just like pressure. Okay. Yep. Uh, I have a neck pain or a stiffness on the neck. Yeah. Uh, diabetes. Yeah, diabetes. And pain on the rib cage. Like maybe to take a deep breath or there is soreness or pain on the ribcage. I have um, pain in your blade. Shoulder, I think it's, yeah, I think it's like the moving, the, some, something happened. Uh, it's been, I don't know, like a pain. It's kind of like stay there. doesn't want to move or it's just like constantly. Um, pain in the right eye, like in some corner, something seemed like it was like a maybe accident, maybe something came from nowhere, like a piece of plastic and kind of like have some damage. So nobody? Well, maybe somebody on the line, online watching. So, so take it. Um, uh, thyroid issues with your thyroid. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, uh, pain in the left side of your brain. Seems like it's being caused by trauma or something, but it seems like it's, yeah, it, it's like it's not really hard, but it's still there. Like it's it's just constantly like reminder of something. But I think. God is healing it today, right now. Just saying the word. Yes. That's it. I you have a broken bone before uh, because of an injury, and then it quite didn't heal right, and it's still bothering you. Like when the weather change, or is there is pain on that. Um, left wrist pain, pain in the wrist, and then I had like a a pain in the right shoulder blade underneath of it, um, in the back. Um, and then I was here toothache. <laughs> yeah, toothache.
um, like a weight on your chest to, to uh, breathe, um, panic. That was a lot of, let me give these. You got one? Go ahead and just say it. I have no clue what that is. You'll have to define that. Adrenal pro okay, um, right there. It's like, yeah. <laughs> good. That was very, very specific. Yeah, that was, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> Thanks for letting us know what that is. I learned something today, too, during words and knowledge time. <laughs> okay, so let me rattle these off. Uh, I think somebody already gave, you give somebody give neck pain? Yeah. Like pain in the base of, base of your skull. So somebody already had that, like a stabbing pain. Dull aching pain, okay. He's got a knee, he, uh, he's got rug burn, doesn't he? I'm going to pray for you, buddy. So, yeah, I think I still have scars from playing carpet knee football in the living room for years. <clears throat> so right, right hand, uh, I felt like in the wrist, uh, in your right hand, there's, arth there's like arthritis. In your right hand, going down into your into your fingers, weakness. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, Jesus. High blood pressure, and it's causing um, as you feel like there's is there chest pain that goes with it. Some or just high blood pressure, just high blood pressure. Anybody else? High blood pressure. Anybody that's causing is it causing chest pain at all? Any tightness? It is in, in yours. Okay, Judy. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, Jesus is going to take care of this stuff today. So one last one uh, or two. I just felt right ankle, right ankle pain. Do we have right right ankle pain? Oh. Nope. All right. Uh, you classify this as bad digestion. Like somebody has what they you would say. I have bad digestion. Like I don't. Yeah. And uh, so this. Whoa. So I heard you classify it as bad digestion and God's, God's changing, changing that today. Um, I feel like that's going to be one of those things that, like I really said, it's just happening. And then does anybody have shin splints? You deal with shin splints. You have pain in your shins. A lot of time runners get them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've had them. They're awful. Okay, everybody that's that that um, a word of knowledge landed. Will you stand to your feet real quick? Yes, Jesus. It was like it's a good thing I didn't have more people. Wow, <laughs> a lot of a lot of healing necessary in the room today. You come on the right day to church. <laughs> yes, Jesus. Yeah. So if you're able to check your condition, what we're going to do is we're going to pray and we're going to have you, you know, you just check it out. If some of your conditions you may not be able to check right away. And for those of you, that's OK. Um, we'll we hear back from you, you know, in the few days or next week or something. Just get back with us and let us know. 
how it is. So just position your hearts to receive. We're just going to pray as a team. And the rest of the family that's not getting prayer, just agree with us, pray with us. We'll do this as one. So Holy Spirit, we thank you for coming right now with everything that Jesus paid for for this moment. For every word of knowledge, every condition that's been called out, we thank you for your healing presence coming. We thank you for your healing power coming. We thank you ultimately for your love coming in this, in this moment. Yeah, we release peace into every body part that needs healed, every place, every heart, every shoulder, every neck. We take authority over all pain and we command every bit of it to leave in Jesus' name and every part of the body to be completely healed. Diabetes, blood pressure, yeah, all of it, yeah, every bit of it, adrenal problems. We thank you for all of it, shin splints, all of it, all of it, all of it being healed right now in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, thank you. We bless what you're doing. We say more, God. Yeah, more of your presence. Yeah, more of your presence. Thank you for the panic attacks being a thing of the past in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Every bit of the rest of the pain go. Rest of the pain go in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus. All right. I want you to check your body out. See how you feel. See what your pain level is now or if it's there at all. And this is what I want you to do. If you are 80% or more healed, I want you to raise your hand up over your head. If you know, if you've got mobility back, if pain's gone, whatever it is, just raise your hand up. Yes. Yeah, look, people raise their hand. If you're, if you're 100% healed, just ra raise your hand. If you know it's gone, gone, gone. Thank gone, gone. Thank you, Jesus. Yep, gone. Thank you, Father. If if you are only fifty percent or more healed, raise your hand, would you? Fifty percent, fifty, fifty, fifty. Right there. We got a fifty, fifty. All right. Raise your hand if you can't check your condition right now. That's quite a bit of you too. And so this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray another quick prayer, and I'm going to pray over you as a family. Make sure that you all get out of here. Enjoy this beautiful day. But we're going to pray again. If you've already been healed or you can't check your condition, uh, pray with us for the people that still need the rest of it that can check. Um, God's not the halfway healer. So we, <laughs> we thank you, Father, for bringing the rest of the healing right now. Yeah, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the rest of the pain leaving. Thank you for the rest of the mobility coming. Thank you for all the tooth issues leaving. Yeah, thank you, Father, for tooth pain going now in Jesus' name. Thank you for total restoration, total restoration. The rest of the pain get out in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Be healed and whole in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and a bless, we bless, we bless the family, we bless what you're doing. We thank you for an increase of the miraculous upon us to do what it is that you've created us for. 
and ultimately to be able to love the next person that's standing in front of us the way that you want them to be loved. And so thank you that because we have you, we have everything that we need for every single situation, no matter what it calls for. And we thank you for, I thank you for a family of people who desire the things that you desire, that desire to love well, to desire to change the world around them through your love and power. Thank you for, for this family. We bless them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So if you still needed healing, if you got the rest of it, I just want you to, to raise your hand. If you're, you're over, if you're over the 50% or more healed, raise your hand. Is it, is it gone? Is it still barely there or gone? Barely? Okay, yeah, Jesus, thanks for the rest of it going. Those are those situations you're like, yeah, it's, gonna, it's going. It's gone. So thank you, Jesus. For the rest of you, if you want more prayer, do you have a prayer team? that you got some people? Yeah, we've got, a, we've got a prayer team. If you need more prayer, we want you to come forward. If not, we bless you guys. Say hi to somebody that you haven't said hi to before when, when you're leaving. And we thank you for spending your Sunday with us. Take what you receive today and release it on your family, on your friends, your coworkers, whoever's, whoever's around you. And I'm excited to see what's going to happen. Thanks for your prayers while I'm in Pakistan. God's amazing. Amen. Yeah, would you give him the glory? He's the one that meets the healing people in the room. Come on. Jesus gets all the glory. We love you guys. Bless you. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.